You are listening to the Today I Found Out podcast, where each weekday we provide an interesting story that is going to feed your brain. You can read more great articles like this by going to todayifoundout.com. Hi, welcome to episode number 100 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from Today I Found Out. It seems that we just started so recently and we've already reached such a significant milestone. I guess when you do an episode every weekday, you get to 100 fairly quickly. So on this landmark episode, I'd like to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners, whether you just drop in for an episode every now and again, or if you are a regular subscriber, a big thank you. We've already had well over 1 million downloads on this show seen some great rankings in iTunes and had some fantastic reviews on different podcasting platforms. So once again, a huge thank you. And this is episode number 100, where you're going to learn about scars and the different types. And then there's going to be a brief word from our wonderful sponsor, Naturebox. And then after that, there's going to be a bonus why article about why paper cuts hurt so much. And in the bonus facts section, we're going to look at some of the potential future cures for scarring and whether one day we'll be living in a perfectly scar-free world. Let's just get right into today's show, episode number 100. One of the main components of skin is a protein called collagen. Skin collagen is primarily made from specialized cells called fibroblasts. After scab formation, fibroblasts that are hanging out under the surface of the skin will begin leaking into the clot just underneath the scab. Once the clot is sufficiently soaked with fibroblasts, these cells begin to secrete collagen and release a growth factor. The growth factor allows the fibroblasts to begin expressing their contractile proteins. This changes them from migratory cells into a cell that can contract and pull a wound tightly together. Even though scar tissue is made from the same type of proteins as normal skin, the differences in appearance stems from the composition of the proteins. Specifically, instead of lying in a basket-weave-type structure, the proteins are pulled into alignment in one direction. Scars also do not contain sweat glands, hair follicles, or skin-protecting sebaceous glands. Because of this, their texture is usually smoother and can become very itchy. There are a few different types of scars. Their classification is usually appearance-based and is a result of differing amounts of collagen overexpression or the degranulation of certain types of cells. Specifically, the three types of scars are hypertrophic, a subset of which is keloid, which is sometimes distinguished from hypertrophic, atrophic, and the common stretch mark. Hypertrophic and keloid are the most common forms of scars. These types of scars have a raised appearance that extends over a formerly injured area. Keloid scars differ from other hypertrophic scars in that they can continue to grow and become a type of benign tumor. What exactly causes this overproduction of collagen is still up for debate. What is known is that a decrease in cross-linked, basket-weave collagen and an increase in soluble collagen is present in this type of scarring. It is also known that genetic factors play a role in who is more likely to get these types of scars. Atrophic scars, on the other hand, are scars that have a sunken appearance. They are more commonly the result of acne, chickenpox, or infections of the skin. They can also be caused by muscle and fat tissues below the scar area being destroyed, possibly during an inflammation process resulting from an injury, which results in the loss of the support structure under the scar, hence the sunken appearance. Finally, there are the beauty lines attained by mothers everywhere, stretch marks, also known as stria distensi. Stretch marks form when the skin is forced to stretch farther than its capacity to expand. When this happens, a type of cell called a mast cell begins to degranulate, releasing molecules that help in destroying unwanted microorganisms. When too much degranulation happens, the result is the appearance of the scar that we see. This type of scarring is very common during pregnancy, teenage growth spurts, and during certain types of surgery. 
So today's episode is another one brought to you by Naturebox, which is a subscription service for nutritious snacks with new snacks introduced every month made from wholesome ingredients. Now, unlike most snacky foods you're probably used to eating, Naturebox snacks contain no high fructose corn syrup, no partially hydrogenated oils, no trans fats, and no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors. Now, if you are a daily listener to this show, you will know that for the past four days, Naturebox, uh, I have been enjoying the snacks that Naturebox sent to me. And so today I just felt like having two because, well, they just took my fancy. One was the Mexican mango, which are essentially delicious little dried mango pieces, which I've been enjoying. And I decided to have that along with a barbecue flavored nut mix, which they're calling the Lone Star Snack Mix. These things didn't taste particularly good mixed together, but uh, individually, I had one in the morning, one in the evening, they did taste very good indeed. So as a listener of this podcast, you can go to naturebox.com forward slash knowledge, and by following that link, you'll get 50% off your first box. And in that box, you'll get five different nutritionist-approved snack bags, containing some of the delicious treats I've mentioned on the show this week, as well as over a hundred other different options to choose from. And after that first month, if you do wish to continue your subscription, you can select to get some of the same snacks again, be sent an entirely different selection, basically perfect your snacking. So once again, if you do want to get 50% off in your first month, all you need to do is go to naturebox.com forward slash knowledge. And a huge thank you to Naturebox for sponsoring the show this week. Why paper cuts hurt so much? The generally accepted reason paper cuts are so painful primarily lies in the fact that you usually get them on the tips of your fingers, particularly your fingertips. Fingertips and hands have significantly more nociceptors, nerve fibers, per square millimeter than most of the rest of your body, such as your legs, arms, stomach area, etc. This ends up making cuts on your fingertips feel significantly more painful than cuts elsewhere, even when they are produced by paper or similar objects. That's fine for the reason why paper cuts hurt so much more than other cuts on the rest of your body, but why do paper cuts seem to hurt more than other types of cuts on the hand? This is thought to be because the edges of paper are very dull and flexible compared to knives and other such sharp objects. Because of this, when the paper cuts your flesh, it does a lot more microscopic damage as it rips through your skin. Think of it like a dull knife you are trying to use to cut into a steak. You have to saw at it more than you would with a sharp knife, and, in the end, the cut you made is a lot more mutilated than a cut with a very sharp knife. With paper cuts, you can't see this with the naked eye, but the same type of thing is happening. Not only is there more microscopic damage, but this damage is also very shallow on the skin. This will further increase the pain because some of the most sensitive areas in your skin, which have very low thresholds to trigger, are near the surface. This will result in a much sharper and distinct pain than if the cut had been deeper and caused the same type of damage to nerves deep within your flesh, which would send back signals to the brain more akin to a throbbing sensation when they are activated. Further, the paper cuts being a very shallow wound will also tend to hurt longer because it won't bleed much, and sometimes not at all. This leaves the nerves open to the air and other irritants, so they will continue to be in an activated state for much longer than more significant cuts. And now for today's bonus facts. Wounds on early mammalian embryos will heal perfectly with no scarring or evidence of injury. Once grown, the same skin that would have once healed with no sign of injury will produce a scar if injured. The difference in embryonic growth factors secreted by fibroblasts are thought to be the reason for this phenomenon. The same researchers who discovered this were able to manipulate the growth factors in adults to mimic these types of embryos. Once they did this, they found that wounds heal scar-free. Using this rationale, drugs have been created that help modify growth factors, and some are currently in FDA trials. Time will tell if we will soon see a scar-free world. Bonus Fact 2 
Stretch marks are more common than most people think. In the United States, about 90% of women, 70% of teenage girls, and 40% of teenage boys attain these marks of the stretched. Bonus fact 3. Animals like starfish regenerate limbs when they are cut off. The mechanisms involved in scarring have long been thought to be very similar to those of regeneration. Animals that can regenerate can also scar in the same tissue. Bonus fact 4. Regeneration of limbs in humans is also possible. In 1931, in Montreal, Canada, a doctor at Montreal General Hospital had the tip of his finger amputated due to infection. Within one month, his finger had regrown. Amazingly enough, this is not too uncommon. Studies in the 1970s showed that children before the age of 10 can regrow their fingertips, as long as a flap of skin isn't surgically applied over the injury. You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out Daily podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode, or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.